Well, uh, again, uh, welcome to you. This past week, during all the uh, election news, I happened to see a commercial for uh, the annual CNN Heroes Award. Each year, CNN receives nominations for people who are making a difference in this world for the sake of others, and often nominees have sacrificed time and and talent and resources to be a blessing to their communities and, and even farther than that. CNN then selects 10 heroes out of all the nominees they receive nationwide. And uh, then the one that receives the most votes, they do profiles on these uh, heroes. The ones that receive the most votes, they're named the CNN Hero of the Year. Let me give you just a few examples. So Richard Casper, uh, a Marine veteran who saw combat uh, in Iraq and was profoundly impacted by the horrors of war. And when he came home, he uh, enrolled in, in college and then recognized he was struggling and uh, was diagnosed with PTSD. He was actually told that he would never learn anything new again. Well, he kept trying at college. He changed his major from business to art. And one of the things that he found as he pursued art is that he also found a sense of healing. And because he desired to give back, he just started a nonprofit called Creative Vets, which uses visual arts and songwriting to help wounded combat, combat veterans. And then there's Carrie Brocker. She's another one. Studies have shown that having a dog helps improve the quality of life for senior citizens. However, as you can imagine, as seniors get older, uh, this can be quite a challenge. And Carrie had a friend who had a terminal illness, and as this friend uh, would go through treatment, Carrie would go over and help this friend's dog. And then when the friend was nearing the end of her life, the friend made her promise, will you find a good home uh, for my dog? And Carrie did. She took this one experience to heart, and she started a nonprofit called Peace of Mind Dog Rescue. And now they help seniors who have dogs. And typically, seniors don't have to surrender their dogs. Some of it's just dog walking. But they've helped over 2,000 seniors as they approach uh, the end of life. And then there's Bobby Wilson. I, I love this story. Bobby operates a metro Atlanta urban farm. In the state of Georgia, one in eight people face hunger, and he's made it his mission to not only feed the hungry, but help them to grow a bounty in their own backyard. He says, my main goal is to make sure that marginalized and underserved communities have access to locally grown food that's free of chemicals. We have turned five acres of land right here in the heart of a city into a green oasis that impacts the quality of life of people that live around here. When he retired in 2009, he took a portion of his retirement savings to purchase the farm and to help fill the gap. And since 2009, they've taught thousands of people how to grow uh, their own vegetables and how to prepare the meals and he says, if we can eat better food, stay away from the fast food places, then any community can rid itself of the high blood pressure and diabetes that we are challenged with. That's just three of the ten that you can find there. Now, this is not an advertisement for CNN, but I do like to give a shout out to good news every once in a while. And the stories of these people, they're just incredibly inspiring. No doubt these nominees could have done something more profitable with their talents but their hearts were moved. They took a risk. They went to a place of sacrifice for the sake of others. Well, this morning we're continuing our series called Cross Currents. 
And uh, in this series, if you've been tracking with us, we're taking a look at a recent news story, and then we are opening the Bible to discover God's point of view on the subject. And I say this every week, but it is really important for Christians to learn how to, to apply issues that we encounter in everyday life and then start asking the question, okay, how does God want me to think? How does God want me to act when it comes to this issue? And today's issue is the issue of sacrifice. The issue of sacrifice, the concept of sacrifice, is the hallmark at the center of the Christian faith and what it means to deny ourselves and to pursue the work and the way of God in the world. And to help us with this subject today, uh, I'm going to take a look at a, a BNN hero, a Bible News Network hero. Now, I just made that up, okay? So don't go home and try to find it on your, on your cable channel. But in our text today, we find this woman who is unnamed in the text, but we find this woman that Jesus just exalted. He just lifted her up, not only for his disciples, but for us to learn from. Let me give you a little context before we read the text. Jesus was teaching his disciples about what pleases the heart of God. And a great teaching technique is he first drew a contrast, right? He said, okay, here's what doesn't please the heart of God. And in the text just before this one, he points out the religious leaders. He had been sparring with these religious leaders quite a bit. And he said, look at these religious leaders. They like to walk around in flowing robes. They like to get all the attention when they walk around town. When they go into the synagogue, they want the most important seat in the house. You know, in our faith tradition, that would be all the ones in the back, and I'm not picking on you guys back there at all. And if they went to a banquet, they would want to sit at the head of the table. If these guys were walking around today, the they'd be the people in first class on the airplane who not only chose the seat because it had more legroom and great food and everything else, but because they would enjoy all the people like me walking by them, and they would just enjoy feeling a little better than me as I walked back to sit in my little cube of a seat. They loved to be the focus of attention. And even worse than that, they would use their legal skills to acquire the estates of widows who had nobody to speak up for them. Sort of like how people scam the elderly all the time today. Jesus says, okay, look at these guys who make a show out of religion. Look at these guys who make a show out of their worship, who make a show even out of their giving. Now let me show you what pleases the heart of God. And Mark 12, 41 through 44 tells us that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. He says, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. When I try to imagine this story, I like to picture Jesus sort of off to the side with his disciples, maybe even peering around a column. He is on the outside of the court of women where there were 13 collection boxes where people 
give to support the daily operation of the temple and the daily sacrifices. He sees the wealthy putting in large sums of money into the temple treasury. And then he sees this woman who flings two small copper coins in. They were small back then, and they are small today. If we taped two pennies under every seat in this house, the total would be about $3. So Jesus hears the coins. He hears these coins rattling in the collection box. And he says, she gave more. How in the world can this be? Well, what we learn from this hero, this hero through the corridors of history, is she was a classic model of what it means to live sacrificially. The basic meaning of the word sacrifice is to offer something precious for the sake of something or someone else. Sacrifice is at the very heart of the gospel, isn't it? You know, Jesus looked at her, and I can just imagine, he looked at her giving all she had, and I can just imagine his heart thumping. Why? Because it wouldn't be long before he'd go to the cross and empty himself and pour out and give all he had for us. Remember, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain his whole world, gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? At the heart, at the very heart of this description is a powerful example of trust. She trusted that she, if she emptied her purse, if she emptied her purse for the sake and the work of God and the sake of God's work in the world, that God would not only take care of her, okay, but that God's way is the better way. That living sacrificially is actually the better way. The way of sacrificial trusting obedience is the better way. You know, you can page through Scripture all you want. And you'll never see Jesus lowering the call to sacrifice. He never said anything about sacrifice being easy. The call of Christ is a challenge for our lives. If you have a desire to follow Jesus and to follow Jesus with trusting obedience, this means you're going to have to say no to yourself. To embrace the cross of Christ, to embrace the way of Christ, is to say yes to the will of God and no to your will. It is to say to God, you bend my will to your will. You bend my way to your way. That's the call of Jesus on everyone of our lives. It is a call to sacrifice for something greater. It is a call to sacrifice for a high and holy purpose. And you know, I think deep down, if, if, if we could have coffee one-on-one, I believe it wouldn't take long for you to tell me that deep down you want to live for something 
greater. You want to live for a challenge that makes a difference in this world. I know you do. I may have shared this, this true story with you before, but I read a story once about uh, a, a high school, huge high school that had an assembly where they invited representatives from each of the branch of the military to come in and give a recruiting pitch. And so the army guy, and this is not a joke, so I'm not setting up a joke to, to poke fun at the military. Um, but the army guy came in and said, hey, here's the benefits of being in the army. Uh, the navy guy came in and said, hey, you can get on a boat and you can sail the seven seas and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the air force guy came in and, and said, hey, you can, you can be in the air force. The coast guard guy came in, all this. And they all talked about the benefits. Here's the college assistance. Here's everything that you will get if you come and serve your country. And the Marine stood up and said, most of you have no chance of becoming a Marine. Because you can't meet the challenge. After the assembly was over, they all went to, the different recruiters went to their booths, and the line that had the most students, the Marines. Most of you can't meet the challenge. Winston Churchill is one of my heroes. No doubt Churchill had his flaws, and they've been well documented, but he had this deep sense of courage and this deep sense of purpose that as Great Britain stood against Hitler, it shaped the 20th century. When he first became Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II, he said, all I have to offer is blood, toil, sweat, and tears. That's all I have to offer. And he challenged his nation, and he gave them the opportunity to save their country, and they did. The idea of sacrifice can be a challenge. It can be a challenge at any point in history. But some suggest that the idea of personal sacrifice is is even a greater challenge for us today. One commentator said that never, never in the history of humankind has there been a time and a place in which the call to deny self is so radical and sounds so extreme and so challenging as 21st century North America and Western Europe. Let me say that again. No time or place has the call to sacrifice just been such a foreign call, if you will, that, that almost lands on deaf ears than the culture in which we find ourselves today in 21st century North America and Western Europe? Think about that for a moment. Think about some of the reasons why that, that we, we, we fashion the culture against the idea and the concept of sacrifice. For example, we are a rights-obsessed culture. Now, don't get me wrong. I love our freedoms. I love our rights. And the pursuit of our rights is a form of secular government. I believe that our form of government has flaws, obviously, but it's the best on the face of planet Earth. But an obsession with rights, a hyper-focus on the individual, is not a call to self-denial. For example... You may get angry with someone who steals your parking space on St. Asaph or Duke Street or King Street. And you may even pass that person as you're walking on the curb, and you have the right to give them a piece of your mind. You have that right. 
But you do not have that call as a disciple. You have that right, but you don't have that call. And Jesus wants you to lay down that right to free speech. Or you have the right to ignore issues of justice, like access to affordable food and housing for all. You have the right to say, I'm just going to pass on this one. But you don't have that call from Jesus to ignore matters of justice. And what we'll see in any culture based on individual rights and freedoms, which again, in a secular form of government is good, you will see a clash with discipleship. And you'll see opportunities to lay down your rights for the sake of others and the sake of the kingdom of God. That's just one example. Let me give another one. We are a self-produced, self-promoted, self-published culture. Never in the history of humanity have we turned the camera around and taken pictures of ourselves as much as we do. It's even called what? A We're self-produced, self-published, self-marketing machines. And the very act of taking a camera multiple times a day, week, or month, you, you choose, and turning it this way, hitting the button, and saying, look at me, that has to hinder your vision of others. It has to. Let me turn the sort of lens in just a moment. We've become a culture in North America filled with churches with consumer-oriented Christians. In North America, we choose churches based on what we can get out of church. Does this church have the most entertaining worship style, whether it's traditional or modern? Does it have the latest and greatest stuff for my kids? Does it have a water slide or whatever? The church in North America has become the lady warming up for the opera. It's all about me, 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 me. We choose churches based on what we can get rather than what we can pour out and empty ourselves for the sake of the one who bled and died for us. We chase churches like we let our kids chase trophies as a status symbol. And our call is to chase the cross. I can kind of see where people say, this is kind of hard to do. This concept of sacrifice. But here's the deal. Without sacrifice, there's no glory. Real glory. The kind Jesus says it's okay to have. His glory shining through us. The glory of the kingdom of God being expanded through us. Remember, whoever loses his life for me will save it. Jesus raised this woman up to his disciples and to us. When we deny ourselves for his sake, with our time, with our talent, with our attitudes, with our money, with our rights, with our careers, with our lives, he will lift us up in his time and in his way. Without denial and sacrifice, we live lives of quiet desperation. Jesus also saw this woman as a great example of God's economic policy. 
Now, anybody that's talked to me about numbers long knows that I'm already out of my depth in just introducing the subject in that way. But here's what I just simply want to say. God's math is that God does not count. God weighs. That's important. That's God's economic policy. God's math is that God does not count. God weighs. It is never the size of the gift that matters to God. It is how much we have left over after we've given that matters most to God. The woman gave all she had. All she had. The others gave more. They're just pouring their money in. Notice, Jesus didn't say God gave the rich their money back. God will use it. God will use it. But what God measures on the faithfulness scale is how much we hold back, how much we keep for ourselves. I read a story once about a man who was very successful in his business, but he was miserable. And so he went and he had a talk with his pastor, and he said, Pastor, you know what? I'm really stressed. I'm just, I, I, my business is going well, but I'm really stressed. I'm not very happy. And so naturally the subject turned to, to giving and, and generosity. And the guy said, you know, when my business was earning $100,000 a year, it was really easy for me to give a high percentage to the work of God. But now that my business is earning millions, it is really hard for me to write a check for hundreds of thousands. And the pastor then said, well, you've just told me how to pray. And the CEO said, well, how are you going to pray? He said, I'll pray that God shrinks your business until you can give sacrificially. I think we all might find a little truth in there. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but God provides financial resources for you to live on and to support your family. And He provides for you so that you can help others. So you can help those who are in need, both spiritually and physically. God will provide for you. It's between you and God what that level of generosity looks like. But God will provide for you as you're generous with your energy, with your talent, with your creativity, with your financial resources. And you will be absolutely amazed at how God grows your heart for His What I like to say is here near and far, right? Here through the work of the church, near with our partners that are all over Alexandria and the Northern Virginia DMV area, and then far in global missions all around the world. God will grow your heart here, near, and far. God's math is about sacrifice. It's really about sacrifice. Well, we started this message today talking about heroes, and hearing about hero stories. And I just love hearing those kind of stories. But, you know, we all need to recognize that Jesus is the hero of heroes, isn't he? It is the story, it's the hero story upon which all other heroic stories are based. Self-giving love. Self-giving love. Our world is starving for this kind of selfless, self-giving love. And with Jesus, 
just as it is with Jesus, when we empty ourselves for Him and others, He fills us up beyond what we can ask or imagine. Amen? Will you pray with me? Jesus, we ask this morning that you help us to be more like you. We open our hearts to you this morning, grateful that you didn't hold anything back from us when you went to the cross and that you gave your life freely, willingly, and completely. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Jesus, we also ask that you would come into our lives and liberate us this morning from all the attachments, all that we cling to other than you. Lord, we know that being attached to things can blind us. We ask that you would heal us and give us a fresh vision of your call on our lives. And Lord, we ask for your forgiveness for the distractions and self-centeredness that get in the way of us seeing the world the way you see the world. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your grace that is so sufficient for us. In Jesus' name, amen.